podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair, and the streets of Manchester are blue tonight as the champions, the Centurions, parade their two trophies in an open-top bus. We reflect on the most brilliant season, and to help me do that are two fellow Mancunians and a Southern softy. To be fair, all are lifetime blues, starting with someone who remembers the league title 50 years ago last week, 1968. Welcome back to Stato Paul Denby. Good evening. 50 years ago. And I watched a grainy show on the... on the, They had it on the City website, and I watched a grainy reproduction of the City-Newcastle game again, because it just looks fantastic. Because we talked about it before, because there was a match of the day, cameras were not there that day, because they assumed that Stretford were going to win it, and uh, they lost and we won, of course. Well, that's so. right, and I don't remember how they actually got the film. It's like a, a cine film, but somebody's commentating, so I don't know where it originates from, but it's a reasonable commentary. It's just the film is pretty damn old. And the sec- secondly, someone... Who remembers the league, the, the league title? Uh, that was you. Who remembers the League Cup in 1976 against Newcastle? Welcome yes, back, to Steve absolutely. Cox. Absolutely, again against Newcastle. And I wasn't born when we won the league in 1968. Oh, I was not. I was just a, a little lump in my mum's tummy at that yeah, point. And in thirdly, time. someone who remembers Phil Foden making his debut, a view from a blue <laughs> Stephen Allwise. Good evening. Uh, so, listen, uh, I've got to do the advert, haven't I? So, yes, um, uh, we're back for the season by Ladbrooks. Go to bet.citypodcast.net for exclusive specials and promotions. Uh, we've made it to 100 goals in the most dramatic style. Agu- and 100 Aguero- points, Nigel. Did I say- 100 points as well. Did I say 100 goals? You did, yeah. I'm useless, aren't I? It's a yeah. good joke. I'm just tired. It's the end of the season. Your players get tired. They say they're tired. How are they going to... Where build- are you planning for your post-season tour? Um, I, I haven't even thought about it yet, to be honest. But I need to, I need to have a... I clearly need to have a rest. <laughs> I need to have a rest. 100 points. Aguero-esque it was, Stephen. You were there. I must have been. I saw your tweet, which I thought was magnificent, actually. Thank you. It was spot it's on. the nicest think, thing you've ever said. No, but it was absolutely, perfectly described the situation. And as always, you were there. Just, just describe that moment for us, please. It was, it was just something special, something poetic in the season finishing, the last, almost the last kick of the campaign, 100 points, Brilliant finish from Jesus. Six years, I think, to the day that Aguero scored 93-20. He scores 93-01. De Bruyne, this pinpoint, outrageous 50-yard assist. Um, It kind of just was almost a a perfect full stop to what has been, as you said at the start, a brilliant, unforgettable season. And the the interesting thing was, of course... um Six years, you say, to the, the Aguero goal. Uh, same manager in the dugout, of course, in the opposing benches. Of course, QPR and Mark Hughes. And Mark Hughes sitting there in the... Uh, <laughs> he must love City. 
Very true, and Southampton had circumstances been marginally different. They could have been facing relegation, as Hughes was the day that we beat QPR six years ago. But it was a, it was a strange performance yesterday. We just didn't seem to get going. It was like an end of the season that nobody really cared, or not sure what happened, but we just didn't get going until a little bit in the second half. But that that goal was just uh, fantastic. The emotion was incredible. And to see, it wasn't just the players who celebrated, literally every single, all, all 97 members of staff who now seem to fill the benches behind the manager, just were all out their seats, all going off in different directions. And I saw eventually... people climbing out of cupboards, I think. That's just <laughs> unbelievable. Where did they all come from? The coach driver was there. Yep. Do, do you remember, Paul, so I'm going back to you, Paul, because I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the black and white grainy picture you just reminded me of, because Eddie Large sat on the, on the bench for a while, I seem to remember, and, and you had like, literally the coach drive, I think, did sit on the bench, didn't he? And they had all sorts of people, well, not, not many people sitting there in those days, but, but thinking about there are all sorts of people. Do you remember anybody else who sat there? No, I think it was a different, football was different in those days, because if you were a famous person from a, uh, a television or whatever... They brought you forward. Nowadays, you wouldn't get that. That wouldn't happen. But it was, uh, yeah, Eddie Large, little. I think you might need to explain who Eddie Large actually is because I think there's probably a large chunk of our audience. It was Sid Little's partner. Little yes. and large. What yes. do you mean? You mean everybody has heard of Little and Large. Anybody well, from? Well, of course you're not from Manchester, are you? Of course, that's no, it. No, I it. know of Little and Large. I have to say, <laughs> I do know about Little and Large. I'm just thinking of people who might be younger than me that have got no idea, no. given the fact they disappeared off TV about 30 years. There's ago. only seven people who listen to this, and I know all their ages, so they're, they're fine. They will, they will all know. Yeah, thank you for listening. By the way, this season it's much appreciated. All, all seven of you, we appreciate it a lot. So, Steve, th- th- this season, just, just you've, you've not been here for a while. You've been sunning yourself, and you've been, you know busy and stuff but it's really good to have you back Uh, your your thoughts and reflections on this most amazing season it it has been quite momentous really we we do seem in the last month or so to have lost a little bit of momentum ever since we won the league it does seem to have slowed down a bit Um, but you have given where we were last year we've had a something like a 15 point swing over Chelsea quite a swing against Liverpool as well. I mean, Liverpool finishing 25 points behind City, Arsenal finishing 30 points behind City. It's, it, it's difficult to comprehend that from last year, the change in the way that we've played football. It, it's not just been a, um, like a shut-up shop and make sure we win 1-0 kind of season. It's been one where we've gone out and out to score goals and play nice football, and Pep doesn't know any other way to do it. And it's been an amazing season to watch. The best one... For me, as a City supporter, in my 40-odd years of watching City. In your three years of watching City, Stephen, you know, being, being the youngster here, you know, when, when was your first game? 2009, was it? <laughs> I think 1996. 96, I do, uh, uh, I, uh, yeah. We lost 2-1 you to Barnsley. <laughs> that was, was, was that at Barnsley? Um, no, it would have no. been at Main Road. Um, I think Gerard Vikins scored for us. Oh, must have been with a header. That's asking a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> but but listen, you, you you write about this every week and, and you travel home and away. Your 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 reflections on, on this just most fantastic I mean, season? Almost it defies logic in so many ways and there's been a lot of revisionism I think from, from people over the last few months of kind of expectations that Pep hasn't really surpassed them. City were always gonna win the league, Pep's always spent money, you know, he's he brought or he already inherited a, a squad of very good players. 
and yet you recap to last season when we were off the pace a little bit in the league and, and Chelsea were deserved winners. And people were saying, you know, Pep's style couldn't work in England. He's, he needs to learn you know, to grind out results and, and to practice tackling, which was one of his quotes that he got slated for. And, you know, he couldn't just win the league with small ball playing attackers. And yet he's almost doubled down on his philosophy and, and wants more possession. Um and kind of even more attacking and, and more creativity. And it's just worked perfectly. The whole team, from the very start of the season, you said they know what they're doing and that they're playing Pep's philosophy. And it, they've, it's just been the most irresistible football every single week. Because we've had years in the past where we've scored, or odd games in the past where we've scored four, scored five, scored six. We seem to have been relentless this year. We seem to have done it every single week. And yeah, I agree with what Steve says. It's it's the best football that I can remember and, and I think will be the best football we will have seen for, for many years to come. I mean, Stephen touched on it at the beginning, Stato, but this issue of people saying they're not a great time, they're not a great side yet, they're not a great team yet because they've got to win back-to-back titles. You've got to win something in Europe to be a great team. I, I, I don't get that. We're going to talk about some of the records that we've broken and then there's record upon record upon record in this one season playing at, and, and the records are not only part of the story is the way we've played football and the way Pep has transformed almost the way football is played in this country is the issue and people are still saying we're not some people are still saying we're not a great side we are a great side that has to prove itself to be even greater over perhaps two or three seasons but we are a great side the football we've played most of the pundits said it's been absolutely fantastic even the neutrals match of the day and all the sky commentators and they're right We've not seen football like this. I've never seen football like this in my lifetime. And it's uh, quite a few years. I'm into my 50-something season now. And it has been absolutely incredible. And we'll probably struggle to see it again next season because to repeat it again is very challenging, particularly as most of our players will be at the World Cup and therefore they're not going to get such a prolonged break as other players might. However, we are a great team. There's no doubt about it. The Invincibles of Arsenal were a great team. We are a greater team because we scored more points and we've broken all these records. And it doesn't matter what people say. They can say we've got to prove it. Maybe we have, but it doesn't really matter. We are still a great team. What have we got to prove, Steve? I don't don't quite get this. Because do do people look at things in in five-season periods? Or this season, we are a fantastic team. We've broken all these records. Yeah, I I agree. And, and, And it is a great side. However, as Paul quite rightly points out, it will be a greater side if we can replicate the same next year and add to it and I think that's what people are looking at they always want to have a little bit of a knock it's always well they've done this but they haven't quite done that that's always there that's human nature they in this country they like to build things up and then knock it down again five minutes later so I think we should just look past that and recognize the achievements that we've had this year and how we're going to replicate it next year and on and on again from that we need to build a dynasty like a certain neighbors once did down the road where they were winning it year after year after year that's what we need to do and when we do that they can't argue can they but but paul kind of indicated that maybe that's not going to happen why is that not going to happen we've got pep you know he's certainly not going just yet i don't believe that we've got a very young side as well which we know uh why isn't that going to happen again next year well i think i think you know, you'd have to have long odds on City not winning the league. Just statistically, we're unlikely to to break all our records again next year, and and people will no doubt use that as a stick with which to beat us if we don't score a hundred goals or don't reach a hundred points or the most victories and all of that. But 
as long as Pep's there, we're going to win the league every single season. Um, as you said, the squad's young. There's so many players there who are 25 and under um, and a lot 23 and under who are going to learn so much from this experience and, and kick on as players. The flip side of that is you've got people like Otamendi and David Silva who are in their 30s having the best season of their careers. Fernandinho's another. Um, everything is set up. Obviously, we've got the financial resources whereby if Pep thinks we need to sign a certain player or in you know, strength in one position, we'll go and do that. But we've got the best manager in the world, one of, if not the best squads in the world, and we're just going to kick on. And it, it's just so exciting. We've talked a lot in previous weeks because we'd won the title months ago and, and it was confirmed, you know, four or five games before the end of the season. So we've we've talked a lot about the players who've made that happen. I'm keen to talk a bit more about Pep, actually, because he is the key ingredient that's made this change. The money, people have been talking about the money and they continue to do that. But lots of teams have had money in the past but haven't played this sort of football. So Pep's got to take the credit for this. And I'm, I'm keen just to ask you already what is it about Pep that that you love so much um is it you know the style he has on the pitch you know he always looks a million dollars but actually I guess suspect it's something more to do with the way City are play, playing this brand of football and, and what is it about him that, that makes he's that happen? a great man manager and a leader Pe- people I think one of the questions he asks his players is do you like playing football like this and the answer to a man has been, yes, we do like playing football like this. The whole club is behind him. We've seen that with the celebrations that have been going on. He's been eager not to take centre stage, quite often appearing in sort of presentations on the peripheries of the presentation and trying to make sure that the people around him are the ones that are taking the credit for it. The players talk incredibly highly of him. He must be an excellent communicator because he, it, since last year he has managed to get the message across to them as to how he wants Manchester City to play football and the players have taken that and gone on in leaps and bounds this year. We've got an incredibly solid team that actually is a fairly settled team with one or two additions can go on to be a great team. Stato? Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. I think, yeah, we'll build on from this year. We won't break the record again next season. I think it will be tougher, but we will win the league. It will take a, not a monumental disaster. Teams will come and challenge us, but I think we'll win the league. Uh, we're already odds on for it. Uh, Pep is just a great manager. You know, it's proved it year on year on year. OK, it might have been a bit easier when you've got Lionel Messi in your team. It might be all right in Germany when you've got Bayern Munich who just run away with the league virtually every season. Um, and this is a more challenging league. He said that. Um, but he's a great manager and he's proved it. People doubted him 12 months ago. In 12 months' time, if we only win the league by six, seven, eight points, they might question, oh, it wasn't as good as last season. I can already hear the, them saying it. doesn't matter. If you win the league, you win the league. And that's all we're looking for next season. I, th- I think I'd say there's probably three things about Guardiola that are so good. <coughs> One is, it comes down to money because we've seen that Other teams spend money. It doesn't guarantee success necessarily. He has such a clear idea of the type of player he wants. Um, He knew, even going back a a couple of seasons with Bravo, he knew he needed a keeper to play the ball out from the back. Um, And he's gone out and got Edison, who is phenomenal and now signed for the next 27 years. Um, He knew he needed fullbacks who had pace and energy and could get up and down. Walker has done exactly that. We've basically played the season without a left-back. Um, and Delph, he's had to completely change his whole tactics from two full-backs bombing on and maybe you play with wing-backs 
to his converted Delph into this kind of left back come central midfielder come absolute star. He knew he needed pace out wide with you know Sterling. He knew he needed another option up front. He's identified exactly what he needs. And then you put him onto the training pitch and he is clearly not just a great manager, but a great coach. Every single player in our squad has improved beyond sight. Um, and he must be a brilliant communicator, as Steve says, because th- we've had a pretty settled team. He hasn't rotated a huge amount until the last couple of months. And yet there's never been a peep from anyone, not in the first 11, that they're unhappy or they want to go. And they just seem so united and together as a squad. Um, and the, the style of football is, it almost goes without saying. We're playing such brilliant, creative, attacking, free-flowing football that hasn't been seen in the Premier League. Um, if you, I, I would go as far as saying if you put Pep in charge of any of the top six, they would win the league. I, I think he's that good. I don't think any of us would disagree with that. Can, can I talk? Can I? Well, maybe do. I, w- I wouldn't disagree with you. Would you? Top six all could win it with Pep as their manager. Yeah, you probably. Want to he'd want to tweak their teams a little bit, probably, and maybe take a couple of players out and bring his style of player in. But yeah, uh, he might need to spend a little bit of money just to tweak the squads. But yeah, he'd win it with any of those top six. Yeah. Can, can I talk negatively then for a second? Because it's very easy to sort of get run away. Well, not negative. It's just a challenge. One or two things. Is how big a disappointment was losing to Wigan in the FA Cup and not progressing past Liverpool in the Champions League. Because we lost really badly to Liverpool, to be fair. Um, and they go, they're obviously now in the final, uh, a route that we could easily have taken. Is that a massive disappointment or actually a double in the only a second season and building from there is OK? How, how would you assess it, Steve? It, it, hmm. We're, we've been in a bit of a transitional season as far as we saw it. We came Last year we, we did kick on a little bit but backwards. This year, we've kicked on more. It was disappointing to lose to Wigan, but then if you put the Wigan loss in some level of isolation, we were actually trying to hammer them for sort of 70, 80 minutes. One mistake, they get a breakaway goal, and they're through to the you know the next round of the FA Cup. So the Wigan one, I kind of put that into a little bit of a box somewhere. It's more disappointing having lost three games to Liverpool because they won't let me forget it where I work that we um, you know they beat the champions three times this year. Um, I think Liverpool are a, a, a reasonable team in the league. They have some good games and they have some absolutely shocking games they're a better cup side than we are and I think that's our problem seems to be that we're quite good in a game where we can absolutely grind somebody down for 70 or 80 minutes but when it comes to that last 10-15 minutes in a cup we don't seem to quite have the same composure in the cups in its situation in a knockout game and and that's something that will come with experience I mean I think as good as Liverpool have been in the cup games this year I think they'll find it a difficult or a much more different proposition taking on a very experienced and very good Real Madrid side who have been there seen it done it and got the t-shirts for it I think that that's and that's the thing we we're a very still a very young city side disappointed Wigan was just one of those games we hammered them for 80 minutes and they got the breakaway mistake and scored that's going to happen in football that's why it's difficult to go a whole season unbeaten and that's why winning a cup is very very difficult because one mistake and you can lose it one mistake in the league all right you lose the game but you don't lose the league um, but so what about Europe? People say with that you, money and with Europe, that manager, okay. we've we got to win. We've got to win the, the what I keep calling the European Cup Champions League. We've uh, got to win it. I think that Liverpool game, we were yes, we lost five one on aggregate. 
but things conspired against us. I might sound like a bitter blue at the moment, but things did conspire against us in both games. Their first goal was offside and we had a good goal disallowed. And those are fine margins that can make a big difference. And, of course, in the second leg, we're fighting everything and we have a good, another good goal disallowed. So we just didn't get the odd breaks here and there that might have helped us. But at the end of the day, we didn't quite do it. And, and that's what we've got to learn. We've got to learn from those mistakes, try and get back next season and look at where we can get to. How do we? And Liverpool are a good cup team. They have done well in the Cups and they get themselves motivated for it. Had we beaten Liverpool, which we obviously didn't, but then we could be playing in Real Madrid in a week and a half time. It's as simple as that because we probably would have got past Roma. I think... Yeah, I I don't think 5-1 was a, a fair reflection of, of the course of two legs at all. But I actually think Guardiola probably got it wrong in the first leg away at Anfield. It's almost the first time, I think the only time all season, he probably put his principles and his philosophy to one side and adapted for the other team. And I think he played Gundogan instead of Sterling as you know, to have the extra midfielder. And, and we just looked disjointed and lopsided in, in it. It was him adapting. I think he was scared of... Scared might be too pushing it a bit too far, but he was worried by Liverpool's attacking threat, wanted to control the ball in the middle, but by doing that, negated our strength, which is the pace on the counter and, and you know, Sterling and Sane out wide. Um, and I think he got it wrong, probably overthinking it. Um, but yeah, that's almost the only time, I think, all season where you'd say probably didn't quite work out for us. And Liverpool, as, as the guys have said, are a very good cup team, very good going forward and took their chances. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge disappointment to go out to a team where you know you're much better than them as a, as a team over a season. And next season, clearly, as Paul, I think, has already said, we're favourites for the league. Will sort of not winning the Champions League be another big disappointment then if City don't go on and win that and win the win the league again and one more cup? Is that kind of there's there's so many good teams you can only have one who wins the Champions League um, and if you were to say we win it next year well that's a huge disappointment immediately for for Barca for Real for Bayern Juve all these huge teams that actually in a cup match one mistake and you can be out or you know a, a mad twenty minutes as we had at Anfield. And you've lost the tie and there's no really no coming back from that. Um, you'd expect us to win the league and um, I think other teams are going to have to improve drastically and hope we fail drastically if, if that's going to change. But it's, I don't want to use the cliche of it's a lottery in a cup competition, but it, it largely is. You just have. I have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big disappointment. We've got, we've got to win the Champions League sooner or later, haven't we? That's, that's part of the, the project, isn't it? Let's be honest. It is part of the project. But it's cup football, as we've said a time and time again. You need that little bit of luck. You've got, you've got to make sure that you're well-disciplined. But we it's, are. Come on, Paul. We've, yeah. we've, we've just walked the yeah. Premier League by yeah. a country mile. We and, did. And we need, to win. we need to win the Champions League soon. Well, I, I agree. We won the, the, the league by a mile, but that is over 38 games. We still lost two games in those 38. And if you lose one of those games in a cup game... All right, two legs in the Champions League, so it's not quite the same until you get to the final. You can be out. It's as simple as that. And a cup game is not like the league. It's, so it's got not a... important then? We don't, oh, it is, it is important. Don't get me wrong. I think it's important to the owners. I would love to win it because it's, uh, 
it's just something to, to do, to, to have on your CV, so to speak. To win the Champions League would be absolutely fantastic. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to do it. Would I prefer to win the Premier League next season? I'd, I can't answer that question if you're going to ask it, so I'll, I'll pass. I'm going to ask Steve then. If you're, so, so Premier League or Champions League, obviously both will be amazing. I, I think, if think you have a choice between I, those two. Oh, if I had to choose, then, then I would say the Premier League has got to be the, the thing for me. I'd love to win the Champions League as well as the Premier League, but for us to start building upon this team that we are wanting to become, then winning the Premier League every year has got to be a must. It's an absolute staple. Well, we're going to come back and talk about some of these records that we've broken, and we're going to sort of have a bit of a quiz, and we'll then sort of uh, maybe come up with a few awards as well before we break. But in the meantime, we'll take a quick break. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Let's look at some of these records. I'm just going to read some of these out. I'll tell you some. So... Most number of points. The previous best, of course, was 95 by Chelsea. And, of course, as I got it absolutely right at the start, thank you, Stephen, 100 points for the season. Most wins. How many wins? This is part of the quiz. 32. 32 is right. Previous best, of course, was Chelsea. 30. Most goals. 107. You see Stato's there. You see 106. You see quite right. Previous best. 103. By Chelsea. I love having Stato here. Most away wins is another one. 16. 16. Stato honors. You have to shut up next time. Oh, Let these other two go. Uh, the previous best was 50 by Chelsea. Most away points. Not one that you'd come instantly to mind, but any ideas on that 50. one? 50. It was 50. We split half-half. Yeah, very good. Quite right. It was 50 and 50. Home Identical away. record, 16-2-1. Exactly. The previous best was, was again Chelsea, 48 in 2004-5. Best, this is one of my favourites, this one. I'm going to ask you your favourite. This is my best goal difference. The previous best was 71, by the way, in Chelsea, 2009. 76? 78. 79. 79. Most consecutive wins. The previous best was 14 by Arsenal. 18. It was 18. Well, Steve, is correct. Biggest gap to second. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. 19 points. points. (laughs) Most passes attempted. (laughs) Most passes attempted. This is against Swansea on April the 22nd. The previous best actually was City against Everton in March, but this was the previous best was only 976. How many passes against Swansea on April the 22nd? 1,150-something. It's got a 1 and a 1 and a 5. It's 1,015, actually. Um, it just gets ridiculous. Most possession in a game, and we've averaged about 70% each, each game. Yeah, the average has been just two-thirds, 67%, which has blasted the record away. Uh, uh, but most possession in a game was again against that Swansea game. It was about eighty percent, eighty-two point nine five. So, so I mean, matters. The other one, of course, is and the one that you reminded me of, Stato, as we came into the studios. City were behind for just how many minutes in matches, and it's the fewest in Premier League in a Premier League season. How many minutes was City behind in games? It's one hundred fifty-three, which represents about four percent of the whole season. Which is just, it, I mean, it is phenomenal. Um, so we've talked about the amazing but actually. That feels quite a lot, given all the stats yeah. you've just read out and the fact we've only you, lost about 14 points all season. Six games. 150 we, sounds a lot. Well, six games, because Liverpool, Everton were behind two, Huddersfield and West Ham were behind two. So there's games where we were losing and came back to win. So that, that's why. 
I mean, I suppose 150, but when, it's, when, it, when you hear 4%, actually it's not. 153 probably it's sounds... Mad. Well. It's mad how good we've been. <laughs> any of those really stand out? Any of those... I mean, obviously, the, the 100 points, and I won't go through them. Any of those particularly stand out as being ones that you're most proud of as a City fan when you wear that sky blue shirt going down to Tesco's? Well, the, the other one that you, you could have come up with is we've had the four top assist makers in the league as we well. Have. We have. That was going to be part of the quiz as oh, well. Oh, sorry. We've had a bit of a quiz already. I and think those it has four- to be goals, doesn't it, for the standout stat? That, that's why you watch. For, that's why you play and, and love it. Just 106 a- goals. My mind's the points. The hundred points. I think 106 goals. Yes, it's fantastic. But 100 points means you've only dropped 14 points all season, which is phenomenal. Do you want to challenge any of those or come up with your no, own? No, I think I agree with them. Um, I, I agree with both for different reasons, <laughs> to be fair. Um, goals, goals are what you go to watch at football matches, but goals convert into points, so they're both incredibly impressive statistics. But just on the assist, which is going to be... Well, who, who are the four, then? Go on, then. So okay. we've, got, we've got the four. Who are the four? De Bruyne, <coughs> yeah. Sane, Sterling, Silva. Silva. Yeah, it's Silva and Sterling is the way, it's a different yeah, way around. Okay. And, and it's 16, 15, 11 and, L, and 11, respectively. Some people are so picky in the order you give it out. If I'm just trying to remember them, is there? If it's both 11, then it doesn't matter yeah. which order you read them out. No. <laughs> Alphabetic, isn't it? Sassy. Yeah. <laughs> most, I'm, I'm, I'm being arsy. Uh, uh, most passes? Gundogan. O- Otamendi. Oh, it depends, game or season. All season. Granite Shaka oh. got more than Otamendi. He did. Because yeah. oh, yeah, Only because yeah, he sat out the last couple of games. I yeah. thought it was a City uh, yeah. player. And then before. Otamendi, and then Fernandinho was, was third as well, so they're up to 3,000. Otamendi's the surprising one, actually, isn't it, in there? We do play out from the back, but he seemed to be the main route out from the back over and above Stones, which is what you would reckon Stones would be, or company even. I know company didn't play so much, but but it just just is quite... It's quite an interesting... Ottoman has played so many more games than Stones or company, though. Uh, Changes to a starting eleven. So this is the City don't appear in this. Most and least. So which team had the most changes to a starting eleven throughout the season? And the answer is 135, and the least is 34. So there's a massive gulf between the least must be somebody like Burnley. Somebody like Burnley. It is Burnley, is is the correct answer. Uh, Most, then, and it's not like Burnley, it's somebody else. Chelsea. Um, Everton. uh, Liverpool. Correct. Mm. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) They had 135 versus 14. Marvellous. That's uh, that's the quiz out of the way. There you go. That's fantastic. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Marvellous. Should we talk then about our, our own end-of-season awards then? We've done this the last couple of weeks, um, and you guys haven't been involved, so it'd be good to have your votes as well. So Player of the Year then? I've got to give it to KDB. Marginally <coughs> over David Silva. He was off the pace a bit the last couple of months, it has yeah, been well, argued. He, he wins it for that final pass. <laughs> I'd go one to three. Yeah. De Bruyne, Fernandinho, David Silva. Mm-hmm. I think I would go one to three, but not in the same order. I'd probably put David Silva slightly above Fernandinho, mainly because of the personal pressure he's been under this year. He's not let his standards drop, but Fernandinho's got to be in there somewhere. He's such an unsung hero. I'm going to say I'm going Fernandinho. But then you could easily have four, five, six without thinking, Sterling and Otamendi and Edison and... Uh, yeah, Stephen. So no, we've done that last time you were on. We weren't going to do that. I don't do it again. You could argue. You could. There's a case to go through the squad or the team, yeah. and and pick all of them. Yeah. Goal of the goal of the season then. 
The one that they had on match of the day was the one against Arsenal, which I, I thought it was because there were so many passes that yeah. led to it. My what, was, it the goal, sil- was it the silver goal? No, there, the though? Sane goal. Oh, the Sane goal, right. Sane. Okay. My favourite goal this season, though, is a Sane goal against Stoke. The De Bruyne pass that split the defence wide open. It was just beautiful to watch. See, there's two for me that come to mind, the, and they both involved De Bruyne in some way, shape or form. The first one was De Bruyne's goal against Swansea because of you just the Recent, way recently. the way recently the yeah. way he just hit that yeah. absolutely perfect. The other one that I really like is the one that was scored by Jesus on the pass, the long pass from De Bruyne because of the way he controlled it and his his finish, his cool finish over the goalkeeper. The fact that he recognised exactly how that ball was going to bounce and managed to adjust his body position to take it at the minute the ball was on its way up again and just lobbed the keeper perfectly. So, have you, you got, very you got poor loads of goals? Is it no, a very no. poor memory? Do you just <laughs> no, you do last, not at all. last week or two weeks ago? No, that's it. That as far as I you think I've that. given you perfectly good justification <laughs> as to why I like that goal, Nigel. <laughs> I think I've got a poor memory. I'm... I like the fact I want to go for a team goal. I think yeah, there's ones that Fernandinho or De Bruyne have scored that stand out because they're 30 yard into the top corners. But yeah, as Paul said, Sane against Stoke. There was another couple against Stoke that have gone through the whole team. I think that sums our season up more than a an individual strike. All right, I, I I've got a similar short memory, a bit like a bit like Steve. I'm, I'm going for the. Uh... De Bruyne one against Swansea. I thought it was a cracker. I was just behind that as well. Saw it all the way. It was wonderful. Uh, I'm going to be a slightly controversial. Ask for your worst player of the year as well. I'm g- can I change worst to most disappointing? Yeah, if you like. Gundogan. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good player. Because of the moustache or something else? <laughs> I think he's a good player. Has the moustache upset you? No, because I'm basing this on the whole season rather yeah. than the last game. Okay. But that was also symptomatic of he's good, but... He's, I don't think he's the quality we need. I think he's he's probably struggled a little bit to nail down his role in the team. But when he's had the chance, I don't think he's had an impact. I think he looks a little bit slow for us. Um, I struggle to see him playing an influential role next season. Mm-hmm. I can have two players. Yeah, you've got to pick one at the end of it. I've got to say bravo, because even the two games he played at the end of the season, he fluffed a couple of relatively easy collections that he should have picked up and then he's chasing around the boss on two occasions in two games it was I think the defence has a lot to answer for for him having to chase around the box it's because they went a little bit absent however I'm going to agree with Stephen Gunnarhan just doesn't quite do it for me he's I can see he's a good player but he's not a great player whereas the rest of the team have got the potential to be great players so uh, I'm not sure Gunnarhan will be there in a couple of seasons time I agree with everything you've said so far, but mine is going to be a good and a bad. I really like a lot of the things that Carl Walker does, but I find his brain farts incredibly frustrating because when you look at some of those strange (laughs) things that have happened, like the Wigan goal, who's at the centre of the distribution problem that caused it? Kyle, unfortunately. But he has been a great player for most of the season but I do find those mistakes a little bit frustrating and if he cut them out of his game he'd be fantastic Unsung hero Stato Fernandinho gets the least amount except from City fans you know it didn't get in the team of the year people recognise him for one of the players but he is a fantastic player so yeah and I'd go with Delph as well 
if I'm allowed to have a second one, which I've had now. (laughs) I'd agree with both of them. Yeah, I'd agree with those, but I would also say that Otamendi... um, and, and actually, I find Otamendi plays better when he's not got company. When he's not deferring to company's captaincy, he actually seems to take on a lot more responsibility himself and he's, he, he's less liable to make mistakes when he's there with Stones or Laporte. agree with those three. Actually, Stones, until, was it November and he picked up his injury? Absolutely outstanding. Mm. Him and Otamendi yeah. together were almost yeah. foot perfect every single yeah. game. Stone struggled second half of the season coming back. Yeah. Funniest moment of the year. M- Mendy running down the touchline when Sterling <laughs> scored the winner against Southampton. Crutches or hobbling down. You can imagine his surgeon must have been holding his head in his hands at that point. Any others to, to well, There's that, that one. The other one that was quite amusing was Inchenko knocking the Premier League trophy <laughs> over at the, when, at the awards as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Not necessarily his well, fault. And, and actually Gundogan's tweet after that, just just asking mm. if anybody knows someone who can repair trophies, just asking for a, a friend. friend. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so so what do we need? Let, let's just look forward then briefly. It's been absolutely awesome. Uh, what, what do we need then for, for next year? We said uh, already that it would be great to win the Premier League. We're odds on. We know we want to win the Champions League. Is that going to happen? Who knows? But what do we actually need now? What's what's missing? What's what's the ingredient that Pep will be going to the owners and saying, "Okay, get your checkbooks out again, boys, because we need this." Who wants to have a go? At a this? decent defensive midfielder to share some of the responsibility with Fernandinho. <coughs> Fernandinho's not getting any younger. He's a great player. But there are times when you look at him and you think he could do with a rest every once in a while. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm not sure. They're talking about getting a striker as well. I'm not sure how many strikers of the quality of Aguero and Jesus that you can have in the same squad because unless there's two injuries at the same time, we've been a little bit lucky that when Aguero's been injured, Jesus has played and vice versa. You need both to be injured to, or have, to have another top-class striker in that squad. Yeah, I think... There's probably only a couple of players who will come in, that Fernandinho support and in-time replacement, um, and another attacker, whether it's a striker or maybe a winger, come striker, because you know if Sané and Sterling get injured, there's, there's very little cover out wide. I think the other thing is probably more of a mental shift, because um, it happened when you know against Liverpool in the Champions League, United in the league, this almost crumble mentally, this frailty that kind of if we ship one, we suddenly ship two and three and have this 10-minute spell, these 15-minute spells where we just collapse. And it's something that predated Pep. It happened with Hughes, it happened with Mancini, it happened with Pellegrini in Europe a few times. And I don't know how you change that, whether it just comes by you know, winning another trophy or, or bringing in one more player, but it's that mental kind of switching off or mental weakness that, that has cost us. And who's going to be challenging us next year then? Where do you see the big threat coming from next season? Liverpool and Spurs obviously going to be, they're going to improve. I mean, hopefully we'll improve more than they will, but Liverpool and Spurs, um, Arsenal getting a new manager, I'm sure that there'll be a bit of a resurgence from Arsenal. Um, I don't want to talk about the other team. It's going to be the same, let's be honest about it. It's going to be the teams that you just mentioned. And unfortunately, Stretford will be there as well. Of course they will. They'll challenge, they're not good enough, unless they sign some world-class players, about 11 of them. Yeah, it'll be be the same team. United will spend a huge amount of money because they have to. Um, 
but they're a team of individuals and Sanchez is a great player and there'll be days when he turns it on and Pogba for all the stick is a great player and there'll be days he turns it on likewise there are other players um, but they're not a team and, and the longer it goes on that they're lagging behind us the more angsty Mourinho will get and he'll fall out with everyone and it wouldn't be a huge surprise if he doesn't last next season at United You think Pep will last all right? He's going to be all right for another season. Probably got another year's backing in him, hasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Who are you going to miss? Swansea, Stoke, Albion? No, none of them. No, the, the Swansea of a few years ago, when they played some quite nice football, missed that, but don't really miss Stoke. I mean, Stoke actually, though, I can't... I feel sorry for their fans at the way the club has been managed because when we got to the 2011 Cup final... To a man, the Stoke fans actually stayed to applaud City lifting the cup, which is a bit more than some other teams have done. It's it's a straight swap, isn't it, potentially? Cardiff for Swansea, Wales for Wales, and two Midlands teams going out, West Brom and Stoke, and Wolves coming up, and it could be Derby or Villa, so no geographical shift there. So it doesn't really bother me, to be honest. Same for you. Not bothered. We are City, Super City. We are City from Main Road. It's been a joy and a pleasure. Thank you to my three guests, to A View from a Blue, Stephen Allwise, to Stato, Paul Denby, and to Steve Cox. A huge thank you. This is our last one of the season, so I just want to say a special thanks to all our producers, to our engineers, to all the guests who have been on, to you, our listeners, but most of all, a huge thank to Pep Guardiola and the players of Manchester City. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all again next season. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others, and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.